Welcome to Cape and Ray Hall, nestled in the beautiful landscapes between England's national parks. As a Bible school, we offer short-term courses aimed at fostering your spiritual growth and living in a community. Our historic manor house has something for everyone. You can enjoy indoor and outdoor adventures, connect with students from around the world, and learn how to deepen your relationship with Jesus Christ. Search Cape and Ray England for more information. You're listening to The Profile. Hello and welcome to The Profile podcast. I'm Andy Peck. For the past 17 years, I've been interviewing leaders in the church and the wider culture. In the coming weeks, you'll be hearing the best of these conversations, plus some brand new ones as well. It was leadership expert John Maxwell who famously said, leadership is influence. Some have massive influence through their role as a leader of a church or business, a charity or a family. Others have influence in their neighbourhood, a network of friends or through leisure interests. It's our prayer that these conversations will help you in whatever spheres you have influence. This show is brought to you by Premier Christianity magazine, the UK's leading Christian magazine. Get full online access and the print magazine every month by becoming a subscriber. See special offers available now at premierchristianity.com. From time to time, we dip into the archive. And this week, we are revisiting a show recorded with Dr. Pete Carter of Eastgate Church and founder of Heaven in Healthcare. We looked at authority and how its use and understanding within Christian leadership should be appreciated. I trust you'll enjoy the show. It was a long time before I realised the derivation of the word authority. The word authority had a connection with the word author. Now, maybe you realise that already, but the meaning takes you back to a statement, passage or book which settles an argument. He is an authority means no one knows more about whatever it is. So having authority came with your connection to that statement and perhaps the author himself or herself. In scripture, of course, we would see this as God himself. The word authority is, of course, used in all aspects of leadership inside and outside the church. And some look to become leaders because they believe it will give them authority that they want in life. So to discuss the topic, I'm joined by Dr. Pete Carter, one of the directors of Eastgate Church in Gravesend. He's also the founder of Heaven in Healthcare. And with that connection, you'll realise he's a medical doctor as well. So welcome, Pete, back to the Leadership Show. Nice to see you, Andy, and thanks for the invitation. Uh, always enjoy having time with you. Great. Well, thank you. So I guess we need to start by defining terms. You may want to look at the Greek words for authority on power or whatever, but where, where, where's your understanding that the Bible takes us when it comes to the word authority? Yeah, I think, I think I've, I've studied this in, in depth because I think it's one of those big subjects of, of the wrong use of authority, as everybody would understand, it is, is damaging. Um, and great use of authority, actually, is enabling. So, um, And I always found it fascinating when um, reading the Gospels and people often said, hey, this guy's teaching with authority. You know, they were surprised at Jesus' authority. And then it, it drove to the question, you know, well, where did he get this authority from? In one other words, who authorised him? Because that's another part of authority is actually. And the Pharisees came to him one day and said, look, hey, hey, <laughs> by what authority are you doing these things? Um, and I found his response fascinating because in, it's in Matthew chapter 21. Um, and he said, well, I'll, tell you what, I'll answer your question if you answer mine, which is often the the way that Jesus did things. He said, so um, John's baptism, was it from heaven 
or from men. And, um, and, and I think, as you remember, that they had, they had a debate about it amongst themselves and decided that either answer to that question would get them in trouble. So they did the political reality of not answering the question, which is classic political spirit there. But that, it's not the answer that interests me. It's actually the question, the, the validity of the question. That, that the Pharisees didn't say, oh, that's, that's, that's an invalid question. They, they recognised that it was there were two potential sources of authority that could be used. One was actually a human authorization, and one was a heavenly authorization, and they recognised the differences between those two. And um, so I think I think what we have to work out: if we've got a heaven's authorization, then it comes with heaven's uh, culture, but also heaven's resources. And, um, and my understanding of authority, really used well, is actually it releases resources. And um, I can tell you a bit about more about that from my my medical framework, if that would help you. Yeah, sure. Well, that's um, it gives us a kind of foundation. Um, I guess if you wanted, I suppose you might want to go back to the authority given to Adam and Eve in the garden, which yeah. they then, um, you know, gave to Satan effectively. Um, and the way that kind of is, is resolved in Jesus. I don't know if that's part of your outlook. It is. I think that um, basically... Uh, I, th I think the story of creation is fascinating, isn't it? That, that God authorized Adam and Eve to rule the earth, um, and it, and it's just it's, it's quite extraordinary. And He chose to do it in relationship with them, um, but He actually gave them free choice within it. So actually, He didn't take away choice in the garden. And I remember when I was a young Christian, I thought it would have been much easier if God hadn't put that tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden. We we wouldn't be in this mess. Um, but actually, we'd be in a different mess, wouldn't we? Because we'd actually would have no freedom. We'd, we'd actually be just automatons. So, so right back there, God authorized them, but they made a bad choice, and and then they were you know deceived. And basically, they 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 allowed themselves to come under a different sort of authorization, didn't they? So actually, that, and then all the consequences of that on planet Earth are, are well catastrophic. Uh, um, and but when Jesus came back, I think you know clearly his his death and then his resurrection demonstrated that he'd taken back all authority uh, and then he once again he de he delegated it to human beings it's, it's it's extraordinary that he took that risk with us again don't you think it's amazing that he'd actually say yeah that's worth worth the risk again didn't just take it back but he actually then delegated it to his disciples and gave them authority um and he gave them authority over every you know every disease every sickness every demon so and I think there's two sorts of authority that Jesus talks about, which is authority to destroy darkness. But the other authority he talks about actually is in John 17, verse 2, and where it talks about Jesus being given authority over all things in order to give life. So actually good authority gives life, but in sometimes you have to destroy the bad in order to get to life. And that's 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 a bit like a medicine. Sometimes we have to do things that are... You know, cutting things out, removing things that are bad in order to make sure that somebody has a has a life. So, but it's the confusion between those two different aspects of authority that I think gets the church into trouble because there are two different ways of exercising authority. How you exercise authority towards the demonic is very different to how you exercise authority towards people. And you, as a medical doctor, have obviously lots of illustrations of how <laughs> yeah. how as a as a doctor you have resources that you can help others with. So do you want to explore that yeah. with us? But basically, when I, I qualified as a doctor, um, I was actually authorised by, you know, the, the, the National Health Service here in the UK 
to be able to dispense the resources of the National Health Service. So I had access to x-rays, drugs, you know, other you know, consultants. And so as a GP, I could access all the resources of the, of the health service. And when people came to see me as, as uh, my patients, then what they were coming to me for was to enable them to access, access the resources, but they couldn't because they weren't authorised to do so. In order to get an x-ray, they needed to come and see Dr. Carter because Dr. Carter had authority in that, that, that realm. But that authority that I exercised was for their benefit and for their life, not, not to make me a superstar. It's not, it wasn't to build me up. It was actually to serve them. And godly authority towards people always serves people. And again, Jesus talked to the disciples about that when they, they, they wanted a, you know, a position. You know, John, John and James's mum came and said to Jesus, you know, can, can my boys sit at your right hand and your left hand in heaven? Basically, she was after a position for them which, from which they, she thought authority would flow. And Jesus said, no, no we don't do it that way. You know, the gent, they said the pagans do it that way, but not so with you. And it's really very clear. He said, that's not the way we exercise authority. He said, if you want to be great, you serve. And, and he demonstrated that washing the people's feet. He put a child amongst them. He said, the, the, the reality of, of, of what I have an authority as a doctor is to serve people. Um, and uh, I, I think that's true of Christian leadership. Christian leadership is designed to serve other people, not to gain a position of authority over people. Can you overlap authority and power for us, Pete? What, what, are they similar words, different yeah. words? Well, I think authority, it says, gives you access to, to power. So I think so. I see power as a, a resource of the kingdom. Um, and, uh, you know, it's like it's a result if I want fill my car up, I go somewhere where I can get that resource that would power my car, you know, go to a petrol station. So so I think authorization basically enables you to access the resources of heaven. And one of those, one of those resources is power. There are others, you know, there's love, joy, peace, kindness, the fruit of the spirit, but but the power, and it's the power to 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 basically do the works of heaven on earth. As Jesus said to his disciples, you know, if you've got faith in me, then you'll be able to do the works I've been doing and even greater works than these. And then Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power. And then you, the, the outcome of that is you will be my witnesses. So, so we have the Holy Spirit inside us, who is the source of all power. So we are powerful people. We need to understand how we use that power and, and how that authority comes together. Um, and particularly in terms of, of uh, healing and, and the miraculous, you need to understand. And this is, this is, I think, as I teach about healing in many places, I think often misunderstood that that Jesus gave us authority over disease and sickness. And uh, we can use prayer as part of that authority, but he didn't actually ask us to pray for the sick. He said to heal the sick, basically do, do, do what I've delegated you to do. And he might use prayer to do it, but actually it's not the prayer that works. It's actually it's the authorization and the power and the faith that we enact through that, through that prayer. prayer. Um, and I think sometimes people plead with God to do so something that they've been authorized themselves to do. And that's a frustration. So I think a lot of people get frustrated and disappointed in the realms of healing because they're not using their authority. They're, they're resorting to, to request towards God who's already delegated the authority to, to humanity. So as a, as a church at Eastgate, I know um, because I've attended courses that you've run, etc. you do um, see, uh, shall we say, a, a higher level of power and authority over sickness and evil than maybe some other churches I've visited over time. And you do have a confidence in that. And I'm just um, on the basis that we're wise as leaders to learn from best practice. Mm. You've certainly got some good practice that, that you've 
been exercising. What would you say you've learned over the years that might be of value in this area for those perhaps in local churches where they don't see that kind of thing? Number one tip is Jesus didn't teach people techniques. So I think I think there's a lot of stuff around the courses, you know, go on a course for healing and this, that and the other that, that teaches techniques. This they'll do it, you do it this way. And, and Jesus just definitely didn't do that. And actually, I think he 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 demonstrated that that wasn't the way he did it. There was no one way that he, he did it. And um, when people got healed, he always attributed their their healing to one thing, which was actually their faith in one sense, that's their trust in him. And, and they reached out to him. And I think you see that the link between faith and authority with the, the centurion, you know, when, when the centurion yeah. <clears throat> comes through, so he says, I understand how authority works. Jesus, you just say it and it'll happen, basically. And, and Jesus said, wow, this, this guy has amazing faith, which is basically trust. So if you substitute the word trust, actually, I trust that God has the power to do this. Then if I trust that he's delegated it to me, then I am confident in using that power and authority. So, Again, if I go back to my work as a, as a GP, you know, I, I was confident that every day I stepped into my you know, consulting room, I was still authorised that I was a doctor, I could prescribe. I didn't phone up the Ministry of, of, of Health every day and say, just checking in, you still want me to prescribe today? That'd be silly. They, they go, there's a doctor down here, down there. I don't, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think he thinks he's a doctor. It's that sense of, <laughs> yes, <laughs> just get on with it. And I think there's some sense where God says, get on, but how do you get on with it? in a godly way and so we very carefully create an atmosphere of of heavenly reality um and like the right uh, kingdom of heaven is righteousness peace and joy so we, we deliberately uh, create a peaceful joyful environment which people walk into <clears throat> and then we some pe people find people get healed without us praying for them sometimes we pray for them but they just walk into the room why because we created a place where god is present and, and like the woman with the um the hemorrhage if she could touch jesus she'd get healed that all we want to do this is our we have a one-step process if we can create an atmosphere where people can touch jesus in faith trusting him and it only takes a little mustard seed of faith then they can get healed and we have well thousands of testimonies now of that being true not just in in uh, our building but through people's everyday lives now and i just love the, all those testimonies we have um and it's very simple you know connect people to jesus and watch jesus do amazing things so the corollary to that, I guess, is that therefore that whereas a lot of local churches may talk a good game in terms of, yeah, we trust in Jesus, in practice, they probably aren't. Or I should say this of myself, <laughs> in practice, I can talk a good game. And in practice, maybe I'm not as confident as I am because we don't see or local churches typically don't see that authority demonstrated. And therefore, they they have to do other things to to gain their uh, sense of self worth, I suppose, as a church, um, because they know because essentially they don't have the power where they need the power. Hmm. Would that I be fair? Confidence, confidence is is a really helpful word. Um, so it's like other spiritual gifts. You know, I, I'm very confident in the gift of tongues that God has given to me that I can pray in tongues. I'm confident in in the gift of prophecy that, that God's given to me, and I can prophesy. Now, those things are not very controversial, you know. <laughs> I think we got to that stage where speaking in tongues is not so much a controversial subject. I know maybe some don't do it, but but if, if I confidently say I can speak in tongues, most Christians are not saying, Ooh, who, who do you think you are? When it comes around to healing the sick, 
you know, that, that sort of confidence is woo, you know, <laughs> that, that does get a who do you think you are? Or, um, but we need to be confident, confident in God and confident in his power. But I think in the realms of healing, we are still in the battleground of gaining full confidence. Um, we don't see everybody healed that we, we, you know, we encounter, we pray for who walks into our, uh, you know, our healing center. Um, but we are growing. And, and I think for everybody, the, the, the model is, is the guy who said, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. And I think that's, that's an honest assessment for every one of us. There are certain things where my belief system, my Christian belief system is really strong and you couldn't shake it. You know, there's no, absolutely unshakable, you know, uh, like say, Andy, do you believe you're going to heaven when you die? No is question, it? yeah. No, no question. Well, you're confident. That's an extraordinary statement. Do you know that, that that's that's a that's a beyond this world statement. But most Christians would be, they've got they've got faith nailed down there because faith is the assurance of things hoped for. So we're not hoping that we go to heaven when we die, because that's not a great gospel to preach. We we have an assurance of that. Well, that's what faith looks like. Um, but most of us would have started with with some hope, um, and in the realms of healing, I think we we're still often I include myself in this, we're praying more in hope than confidence. But if we get it right and we gradually grow in that, then hope will turn in, into assurance. And that's when we really know we've got it. And then it just becomes normal, as we saw, as we see in the, in the New Testament. And I think we have to resist um, some theological thoughts, if I can put it that way, that, that, that try and, and uh, uh, dismiss the idea that Jesus healed everybody. He healed everybody who, who asked him but not everybody got healed um like those at nazareth he couldn't do miracles there you know so so it's like well it's not it's not a new thing that not everybody gets healed but actually jesus did attribute it uh to our faith so my, my personal journey is to keep growing in faith so i'll see more people healed uh this year than i did last year um and i'm still have to deal with any unbelief that's within me and i think that's true for any christian and anecdotally uh pete some would suggest that they seem to have more authority in some areas of ministry, particularly in some healing. Um, I yeah. think there's a guy who, who had a particular authority in the healing of deafness, for example. Chris hmm. Gore, I believe. Yeah, um, Chris Gore. Yeah, I know Chris Gore. Chris is a friend of mine, a New Zealand guy. Huh. I think you see it with um, somebody like Heidi Baker, who's well known, you know, in terms of actually when they go out into the, you know, into the, to the jungles of Mozambique and go into the villages to preach the gospel, they, the first thing is say, hey, bring me anybody who's deaf or got a hearing problem, and nearly all of them get healed. They have a, a certain, they've got an authority, but that's a confidence. They've got an experience, but, and also blind, but most of that is acquired through, through ongoing, <laughs> ongoing endeavor. It doesn't happen for most people straight away, because I think confidence has to grow. I myself would say I've got two areas where I'm particularly confident. That's the uh, knees and asthma. You know, I would say I, I see huge success in those realms. Um, other realms, uh, not bad. Um, some realms we think a bit more challenging. And I think particularly with talking as a med, as a doctor, um, the, the reality is with sickness, it, it is accompanied by so many different emotions and something like a bad knee is not doesn't have quite as much emotion involved as a cancer diagnosis. You understand? And sometimes the, the anxiety that crowds in, and the fears that come in. And remember, fear is not uh, an aspect of the kingdom of heaven; it's the other way around. That hmm. if that becomes a prevailing atmosphere, then we we won't actually help people to touch Jesus. If we 
if we're anxious, if we're fearful. And I think, so where, where you haven't got confidence in something, I think there's still a little bit of things going on in your mind. But when you've got it nailed down, you don't even think about it. You, you know you've got authority because actually it just happens. Um, you know, and, and like yourself, Andy, I think, um, you know, having been on one of our training courses, growing, growing in confidence inside the realm of prophecy. You can grow in, in, in that because that's establishing your gift into a normal part of your Christian lifestyle. We're listening to The Leadership Show with me, Andy Peck, joined by Dr. Pete Carter, who's one of the directors of Eastgate Church in Gravesend. We've been talking about uh, authority and power. Uh, and so, uh, Pete, this kind of connects us, our conversation about healing, to heaven in healthcare. And mm. you as a doctor have, are the founder of this um, uh, ministry, charity, whatever, um, and, and are looking to encourage those in the nursing and doctor profession or medical profession. Um, and obviously in, in this last year, um, uh, the eyes of certainly Britain and the world have been on uh, the medical world. Absolutely. So, yeah, I, I, I'm let's say, a medical doctor and, and I was, uh, I'd say fortunate, I was brought, brought up with, with a non-religious upbringing and was born again when I was 16. Um, and I'd already decided at that stage that I wanted to become a doctor. So I was very excited to be a doctor. And then I was super excited <laughs> that I would actually be able to involve God in my daily life as a doctor. And that was basically my, my, my story. I, I did, you know, and I've seen God do extraordinary things in me and around me and through me um, uh, in the medical world. But what I found is that a lot of Christians in the medical world, and it's not just doctors, nurses, physios, OTs, it's, it's, it can be anybody, um, Christians who went in with a dream of, of their Christianity making a difference actually have had that dream somehow squashed out of them by belief systems around them that told them they couldn't do that. that that's quite a common thing. Oh, no, you're not allowed to do that. And often a fear-based fear reaction. And the number one thing probably is, is the fear of, of disappointing people, you know, over-promising, over so to speak, um, your Christian realities. Um, so I realised this. I thought, well, actually, this, the, we, we need to be able to restore people's uh, hope, faith, and dreams um, that God will be active in them through their, through their, in their workplace and into their workplaces. And I say, if you're a Christian and you have the Holy Spirit inside you, then you actually have the resources of heaven inside you. And one of the ways I, I try and get people to think about, well, what is heaven in healthcare? Is it, so if you imagine Jesus working as a porter in your local hospital, would it make a difference? You'd have a different expectation, wouldn't you, of what would happen in that hospital? Indeed. Well, that's what it should be like. Any Christian, it could be a porter, it could be a cleaner, it could be a GP receptionist, it could be a you know, GP consultant surgeon. But if you're a Christian, you have that resource within you. And, and so Heaven in Healthcare is, is there to enable people to, to access the full potential of their Christianity and work it out in that, that particularly demanding workplace. And what is particularly true at the moment, that the, the health services have been so pressurised and so uh, we're basically there to, to enable uh, people and, and also systems to, to benefit from the resources of heaven that are available to us. And we've got a conference coming up on the, the 1st or 2nd October at, um, at Eastgate. And we want to encourage, inspire, equip, and also give people a community to belong to so they don't feel like they're just on their own. And, um, and uh, people can either go to the Heaven in Healthcare website, which is heaveninhealthcare.com, or the Eastgate website, eastgate.org.uk, and I'll find ways to turn the conference. But the Heavenly Healthcare website will tell us a lot more about, tell you a lot more about it. And we we produce a lot of resources, so inspirational resources and training resources, and 
we're just starting setting up a podcast. Um, so for the during the, the whole COVID reality, we ran a, a weekly uh, YouTube uh, show called In Real Life, just dealing with the realities of life. So very much there to support, encourage, equip, and enable any Christian who works in the, the realm of healthcare. And I would imagine that in this last year, Pete, the the COVID challenge um, will have diminished the faith of some, perhaps who um, prayed for folk who had COVID and and didn't see um, for you know restoration in this world. They obviously wonderfully yeah. restored in the world to come. Um, uh, I don't know whether you have any comment on on Christians praying for COVID patients. Well, I think basically. Um... You know, people used to ask me as a doctor, you know, how, many, how many of your patients do you pray for? I say every one of them, because most of them don't know. You know, it's <laughs> a sense of, uh, they're, co- they're covered in my prayer life, you know, general, but also specifically. And you get the occasional opportunity to pray with people in real life there and then. But it's you know, my job was a doctor, not, not an evangelist. Um, and uh, so but I think so there is that sense of you pray for patients. And when you when you lose them, it's hard. You know, it's the emotional cost of, of being a healthcare worker is always large, always has been, it always will be. But these last 18 months have been like nothing else. And what I've, I've seen of my colleagues is the pressure that they've experienced, but also actually some of the amazing opportunities. So we've got some extraordinary stories of stuff of breaking out. We've got, we're just making a, a, a testimony film of an extraordinary COVID healing. Um, so we'll have that out through Eastgate Studios within the next few months um so we do see them but yeah i think you have to it's it's, it's a mix you, you know is you, you've got the highs and the lows definitely of it but the pressure that, that people have been under and i think that's where it's it's been a challenge to people's faith is actually just their own mental well-being their physical well-being it's it's been tough and that's why we exist that's why heaven and healthcare is there it's, it's there to support people and replenish them and also, just saying, actually, you know, Eastgate is a church. So on this last Saturday, we actually had a, a celebratory uh, cream tea in Eastgate for the, the workers of a, of a local hospital. And they were just overwhelmed by our desire to bless them and just cherish them and, and value them unconditionally. We just go, you know, we, we, we took an offering and with that, they they wanted to have a party in Eastgate. So we did that. And so I think that there's there's all sorts of things you can do to support healthcare workers, but it has been very difficult. Pete, as we come to a close, um, just I suppose a final question in terms of the practicalities of what we've been talking about. So we've been talking about authority and power, and you've mm-hmm. said that every leader, every person, every Christian has has heaven with inside them by the Spirit. So what would you say would might be a practical step of someone listening now? Um, from you know the week ahead, <laughs> what what would you suggest they do um, to start exercising this authority? Um, I think the easy thing is, is just ask God to uh, highlight an opportunity to them within the next week where they could take a step out in faith, whether it's an encouragement, whether it's just a say, oh, I'll pray for you about that. Um, and most people are very open to prayer, maybe not in the moment, but they're, they're and, and if you just say that, oh, that's all right. I think most Christians fear rejection about that far more than is the reality. So I think just starting to step up and say, oh, actually that went okay. And it's a little by little step, but just to, to take something. So I say, ask God to speak to you, just highlight to you in the next week, in, in wherever it is, some, sometime during the week, an opportunity where you can 
just step out in faith. Just go a little bit beyond your comfort zone. Take that and just see what see what happens. Well, Pete, thank you so much for for all you've shared and for lifting our faith levels, as it were, to uh, believe in confidence that that God is doing far more in us and through us than we can ever hope or imagine. So, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks. That was my conversation with Dr. Pete Carter, uh, and I trust it's uh, stretched your thinking and outlook as you reflect on the authority that we enjoy as part of God's family and as those authorized to speak in Jesus' name and take authority through Christ. It's great to have you along. I look forward to your company again very soon. Bye for now. You've been listening to The Profile in association with Premier Christianity magazine.